Hello, welcome to a Stripper's Guide podcast. I'm your host, Lila. I am a stripper, an author, an anti-misogyny educator, and a life coach for sex workers and femmes. And this month in October, I'm focusing exclusively on relationship dynamics where one or more partners is a sex worker. And my guest today is my own partner. This is A. Hi. (laughs) One thing that I... I'm really, really passionate about and something that A is helping me do now, and this podcast episode is part of it, is um, we're creating a body of work that is designed to support and provide resources for sex workers and their partners. Um, Because both parties need support, right? Like I need my own unique types of support as a sex worker. And it turns out A needs their own unique types of support as somebody who is partnered with a sex worker. And that is certainly not unique to us. It is a widespread phenomenon because our society is not set up in a way that encourages healthy relationships for sex workers. It, it We kind of have these myths about like sex workers can never find healthy relationships. But then we also have these like stereotypes that like you shouldn't date a sex worker because they're never going to be faithful and they're never going to, you know, be a good partner and all that. And all of that is bullshit as anybody listening to this probably knows. Um, and, but what does not exist really is a surplus of places where people in our position can go to for support. Um, And so we are working on creating those resources. I just created a resource page for sex workers and those who love us. And I'm really, really excited about it. It is a compilation of a ton of content that I've created for our community over the years. It's linked in the show description if you're listening to this on audio. But also if you go to a strippersguide.com, you will find a tab that says resources for sex workers. And it contains uh, like podcast episode playlists. There is a whole section just for relationships and breakups. There is, um, there are articles I have written. There are uh, work and life tips for strippers and other types of sex workers. Uh, there are exclusive discounts and on my offerings for sex workers. There are I have um, I provide allyship coaching for partners and loved ones of sex workers. So that link is in there as well. And I'm always going to be adding to that. And it's going to be a growing resource page. So I recommend that you put it in your bookmarks tab. And yeah, I guess we should just get into this episode about this time that I was kind of a douchebag. A and I have been together since October of 2020. So we're coming up on our year anniversary. Yay. And um, I... So I've been a stripper for eight years. So I was well into that when we met. And A, uh, well, have you ever dated a sex worker before me? I have not. No. Okay. Um, also, I'm going to ask you to speak loud because we don't have... I lost <laughs> the cable for the podcasting mic that A got me. So we're just like doing this directly into my computer. And so we have to be loud because we don't have a good microphone right now. I have a good microphone. which can't use it. Um Wait, I already lost my train of thought. Should I have not dated a sex worker. Right. Okay, I did. <laughs> okay, so that's been interesting. There's been, um, I feel like we both learned a lot in this dynamic, and we've both grown a lot, and we've had uh, some very challenging moments and conflicts and 
conversations around this dynamic where I do sex work and they sort of came into this um, completely new to dating a sex worker. And we've both had to, before I met you, I really thought that the growth would, the growth and the understanding and the empathy and the compassion and the like self-reflection around the dynamic where one partner is a sex worker would have to come from the non-sex working partner. But now that we've been together, um, I realized that it's a two-way street and that I also had to do, when it comes to obviously issues of sex work, like I believe that all partners need to do self-growth when it comes to life. But I didn't think that like I was going to be Um, I didn't think I was going to ever be wrong in any of our conversations when it came to my work. Um, And today we are going to address a situation in which I was definitely in the wrong, like an argument um, and a a whole whole thing where uh, revolving around my work where I, I was in the wrong. And then at the next episode, we're going to address a situation that we had where I was in the wrong. Um, All right. So we're going to tell you our business. <laughs> we're going to tell you about a fight we got in. Um, when we first moved in together, we had conversations about, uh, you know, me not giving my phone number, my real phone number to customers, which is something that I had always done, um, like strip club customers. I'd always done it out of laziness, even though there are burner apps that you can download, free apps you can download to your phone that make a fake phone number for you that you can use to text and call and voice notes and all the normal things that a phone does. Um, But uh, just out of like literally pure laziness, I never downloaded one of those apps. (laughs) Before, Before the pandemic hit and quarantine locked us all down, I was in the habit of just giving my regular phone number to customers. And I... um we had conversations about it and I was like, Oh yeah, I should probably get one of those apps. And a was like, yeah, you should probably get one of those apps. And then I did get one of those apps and still didn't always use it. And so something that happened was, um, so we had this agreement that I wouldn't give my, my real phone number to customers. And we got into a huge fight right after we moved in that had nothing to do with sex work. Um, it was just a, you know, personal shit between us. And it was like a almost breakup fight. And so during that time, I was working in the club and I did give my real phone number to somebody. Um, and I, I'm going to give you a chance to talk because I've been talking this whole time, but I wanted to give them the background story of what happened. And then I also, in your defense, I want to let, I want to give some context about how you found out that I gave my number to that person. Yeah, totally. Cause I didn't come home and tell them. Um, actually I don't even think we were staying in the same house at that point, but you, we, we had, I could have called them and told them that that happened, but I didn't. And I'm going to explain in a little while why I didn't, but, um, the way that a found out that I had given my number, my personal number to customer was we have an open phone policy. Um, we've both been cheated on. We've both been lied to by partners in the past. And so when we got together, it was part of our relationship agreement that like, Hey, if you ever like have a feeling or like feel like something sketchy, like you can just ask me to see my phone and I'll show it to you. And we two way street that was applicable to both of us. And we have not 
used that option very often, maybe just a couple, two or three times we've ever asked to see each other's phones. And now we're in a different place in our relationship two years in where that's not really an issue. And we're not, we don't really need to look at each other's phones ever anymore. But like one time a felt uh, uncomfortable about something and um, asked if they could see my phone. And I said, yes. And they found this this old text message that it was probably at this point, like, like six months, yeah, six probably, months old. Yeah, yeah. They found this text from this guy at this customer at my job. And to make it even more dramatic, it was actually a deleted text. So they're a tech, they can, they know how to look at all that shit. So they, they just went in and looked at all the text message history, including the deleted shit. And there was a deleted text from a customer at my club during a time when we had a very explicit agreement that I would not give my phone number out to customers and they never knew about it. So I want to ask you first, like, how did it make you feel when you found that, when you found that text, like what was going on for you? I think what was happening for me was I felt like I felt frustrated. I think I felt frustrated. I felt scared. I felt scared. I would, yeah, I would want to say that I felt very scared. And um, the reasoning behind me feeling so scared about this thing happening is because when we originally spoke about like, hey, like, I'm not really sure about you know, customers having your number, you know, we're, we're together. And I felt like it was a safety issue. So in regards to that, like feeling safe, it had me a little bit worried. Um, can you just explain what felt like a safety issue for you? And can you also, sorry, just like yeah. talk a little louder? I'm so sorry. Uh, absolutely. No, 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 no. It's totally cool. In regards to safety issue, um, I, I feel very unsafe with, um, a customer having her phone number because phone numbers are traceable. Um, they say your full name, um, most definitely show your address and stuff like that. So which is also their address, <laughs> which is also my address. So, um, and I do work as a tech. So, um, a lot of my tech work, um, involves like investigations and stuff like that. So, um, finding things out in that nature, I know that it's easy to go ahead and, uh, obtain this information. I had a bunch of thoughts running through my head. I'm like, dude, it's been six months. Like how about something happened within the six months? Also, how did it make you feel when you realized I hadn't told you and that it was six months ago? It made me feel kind of like betrayed. I felt like a lot of betrayal because I'm like, oh my God, like this is my partner. Uh, uh, You know, me and my partner discussed this and it's a matter of safety more than anything. It's not a matter of like your actual work as a sex worker. And for this thing to happen, like, it was like, I was also fearful and like being upset at that because I didn't want it to be like, Hey, it, it involved your sex work. Did it have you like questioning my motives or my character? Like it, it, it did have me question like your motive. It was just like, Oh wow. Like is, uh, are you, will you be in like this because I'm, I was so upset about it. Or are, are you going to go ahead and like, like again, questioning the motive, like, are you going to not tell me if this was to happen again? Or, you know, uh, again, like being very open and knowing that this is, you know, your source of income. This is how you're making money. And like, this is one of the ways that you can make money. You get what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. And like, I, I absolutely like guaranteed money at that, like communicating with a customer, Hey, I'll be here or whatever the case is like that. That's your source of money. So like in some ways I felt like 
you know, the betrayal was real for me. And then thinking about the motive, I'm like, damn, like, you know, this is her job. This is how she makes money. And, uh, you know, like, who am I to say how you make money? You get what I'm saying? Even though it was like a matter of safety. Totally. Yeah. And for me, when they reacted so strongly, I really could only hear the part where they were talking to me about feelings of betrayal. And I became stuck in my own shit because I've had really controlling partners in the past um, who like, you know, my, my experiences with, with partners who get crusty about my sex work is real. Like I've really had people try to use my sex work as a, as a way to control me or, um, or not trust me, like an excuse to not trust me. Like that's a really, really deep thing for me. What was happening for me is that like, I was really getting stuck in this place where I could only hear you, uh, talking about the part of it where I quote unquote hid it from you. And I was, and I became so upset because I, like I immediately jumped to when you brought, when you brought up how you felt and what was going on for you, I immediately got defensive and I I didn't believe that I was being defensive. I really believed that I was like responding appropriately because I was like, you have it wrong. I didn't hide this from you. And I was so fucking focused on that on like, but wait, 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 I didn't hide it. I didn't hide it. I didn't lie that like, I couldn't hear the part where you were like, there's more to this picture. Like I'm also concerned about my own actual safety because we share an address and this isn't just about, and like it took many arguments for us to actually hear each other on this and therapy highly recommend couples therapy with a therapist who can like understand both parties situations. Um, if you are a sex worker or in a partnership where there's a sex worker, definitely make sure your therapist is sex worker affirming so that they are with the shits and can actually help you. But like improving our communication, that's a human relationship skill. And that helped me see that you were not asking me to use a burner number because you felt jealous that customers had my number, whatever the things I was assuming. Um, but it was actually about, you know, both of our well-being. And I felt really humbled by that. And I had to humble myself and be like, okay, they're right. Like there are things that I have to do differently because I was single for so long and really only looking out for myself for so long. It made me realize like shit, like this is a new dynamic in my life and I need to rest to the occasion. And then like the other half of that was like I really did want to get the point across to you that like this wasn't something that I was hiding and that took several arguments and conversations but you finally heard me on that for me what had happened was we were in this fallout when I gave this customer my number and I at that time really had reverted to just like okay like me and my partner are done like I gotta watch out for myself I gotta make my money like I like I was in like crisis mode, which happens when you're going through a sudden, like really like big change in your partnership. And, um, and so I was like, and that, that's always how I've been. I'm very, I, I, I fall like quickly into hyper independence when I am, um, when, when I'm scared, like when I, when I, when I'm worried, when I see my life starting to like crumble or whatever like when a big change is happening like I go into like uh doomsday prepper mode and I I'm like I'm gonna get through this I'm gonna like 
nothing's going to stop me. Like I'm so focused on my life and like the peace that I've built for myself. And like, I'm an only child. I've been in abusive relationships. I don't have, I love my parents, but like, I'm also 34 and like, I don't rely on my parents anymore for, to take care of me. And also like, they're not in a position to. And so like, I, I've had to rely on myself so much in my adult life that it's been this huge learning curve for me to actually come into interdependence with you, even in moments of difficulty. And that's when I gave this customer my number, it was purely from a place. I didn't even think twice about giving it to him. I didn't think that I was hiding it from a, I, I just thought that like I was out for myself again. And that was my thought process. And like, it's not what I would do today, but I really wanted a, to understand that that's where I was at when it happened. And I also wanted you to understand that like the reason I deleted that text was because I often delete texts from customers right after they text me if I intend on never seeing them again. Sometimes I'll just give my number to a customer because I know it's going to make me money in that moment. Like, which is also what I have a burner number for now and why I use my burner number because like it causes the same effect. Like if a customer is like, really into you, but you realize that like, you don't want to have them be your regular because they're, they're just not the right vibe for you or whatever. But you realize that like, you know, making them feel special that Mm -hmm. night includes like, if you give them your number, like they're likely to spend more money on you that night. And so like, that is easily accomplished with a fake number as well. And so learn my lesson. But the reason I deleted his text was purely because of that, because I because I do that a lot. I delete texts from customers a lot and not to hide them, but just because I'm like, well, I don't need that. It's useless. And, um, and so I forgot about it. Like I completely, by the time we made, made up from that big fight that we were in, I had completely, I mean, I forgot about it that night. Like I forgot about it as soon as I deleted the text. And, um, I just, I, yeah, I forgot it happened until you brought it up when you found the text thread. And so it was really, to me, there was like, it, it was one moment of breakthrough when I realized that I wasn't hearing you all the way. And then I felt another moment of breakthrough when you were able to believe that I wasn't trying to hide anything from you mm-hmm. and that the issue wasn't that you can't trust me. And I feel like that was a big one. That was a big recurring no, yeah, yeah. issue. And I feel like we really overcame it and I'm proud of us. No, yeah. I think... Um you know, again, listening was very important, at least on both sides. Um, and being, you know, open and receptive to what each other has to say. Cause at the end of the day, like we're trying to come down to a resolution or resolve something that just happened. So what can we do to resolve this? First thing is to listen. So, you know, um, I think that situation, it did take a while, but you know, we got there Yeah, and, and, and it was something new. It was, a, it was it was it was tough, but in the end, I feel like it it opened it it just opened something for like I feel like it we were able to talk about other things yeah. aside from this like it just opened something up where I was just like oh wow like this thing happened um yeah it was a little rough we know what happened in in the communication or or the situation like what can we do moving forward when we do have any like you know um questions or conversations that we want to have uh pertaining to our relationship and how we can work together um you know 
and, yeah. and figure everything out. Yeah. I really, for a long time, held the belief that like a partner having any issue with any aspect of my sex work was controlling. No, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I can most definitely, I can see the ways um, that that has, you know, sh- came up for you a lot. Um, yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, now let's talk about a time when that did happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> since <laughs> since I'm getting put on the spot, A is getting yes. put on the spot too. Join us next week for part two, where we're going to talk all about um, one time that A was in the wrong. Today we roasted me. So next week we'll roast A. Um, if you are listening to this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening on an audio platform, please leave a rating and review. It means so much. It really helps the podcast out. And expect to see a lot more of A. They will be uh, appearing more on the pod, more on my YouTube channel, because uh, we are building a project together around um, sort of supporting sex workers and their partners. And uh, I can't wait to share more with you about that. Because like, we've been dreaming this thing up for like a year. And finally, we're doing the thing. So I'll have more on that soon. Um, subscribe to my newsletter if you want regular content like this. You can follow me on Instagram at a stripper's guide. Um, you can check me out at a stripper's guide.com. And that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>